Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. And we'll start off with today's daily numbers. There were 9,869 new COVID-19 cases and 92 more fatalities recorded during the previous 24 hours the Public Health Ministry reported on Tuesday morning. There were 9,596 cases in the general population and 273 among prison inmates. The number of new cases fell from 9,930 announced on Monday when the country recorded 97 more deaths. On Monday, 11,152 COVID-19 patients were discharged from hospital after recovering from the coronavirus. There were 3,495 probable cases that need to be confirmed after testing positive using the ATK. So this is the second day in a row where we have hit now below 10,000 per day. It's certainly a positive sign, especially for those businesses that are still closed or under severe restrictions, and also for the what we hope will be the reopening of the country to certain areas such as Bangkok and Chiang Mai and Pattaya starting from November 1. So let's see how this plays out over the next couple of weeks. And our first two stories of the day, first batch of Moderna vaccine delayed. The arrival of the first batch of mRNA-based Moderna COVID-19 vaccine is likely to be pushed back to November after all, the original delivery date, according to Zulig Pharma, the authorised distributor. The remarks came a day after the government pharmaceutical organisation announced that Thailand could expect to receive its first batch of Moderna this month, sooner than expected. The company's remarks takes the schedule back to the November status quo. Zulig Pharma stressed that it has been preparing for an October delivery but said that changes in the delivery schedule have cropped up which are beyond its control. The company also said deliveries of the deal for a total of 1.9 million doses of Moderna vaccine are expected to be made every week at a rate of between 100,000 to 300,000 doses in each shipment. The remaining 6.8 million doses are expected to be delivered in the first quarter of next year the company said. It said it is unable to provide exact dates until the vaccine passes the required quality inspections. We will be informed of the delivery dates by the manufacturer two weeks before the delivery is made, said the company. And another story related to that, government in talks for COVID pill. The government is in talks with US drug maker Merck to purchase 200,000 courses of the company's experimental COVID-19 pill, an official said on Monday. Many Asian countries are scrambling to lock in supplies of Malnupiravir, the name of the oral antiviral drug after lagging Western nations during the initial rollout of vaccines. South Korea, Taiwan and Malaysia have said they are already in preliminary purchase discussions with Merck, while the Philippines, which is running a trial on the pill, said it hopes that its domestic study will help it secure favourable procurement terms with the company. Interim clinical trials have indicated that it has the potential to half both hospitalizations and deaths from the virus. They are now working on a purchasing agreement with Merck that is expected to be completed by this week. So in relation to the first story, this is the Moderna that is being currently sold by private hospitals to the general public for a fee of about 1600 Thai baht per shot. I think it works out at about 3500 including the insurance that they're required to have. Now, it's taken a long time for this to go through, mainly because the government pharmaceutical organization wanted all the money up front before they would place the order and the hospitals were not keen to give them all the money. I think both ways we can look at this and, and kind of think 
think it's either a good or a bad idea. Nevertheless, there is no plan of how it'll be distributed to the various hospitals that have placed the order. So that's going to probably be an issue. And then, of course, how the hospitals will allocate who will get the vaccine first, even after people have paid. Or we probably do know it'll be based on who they know the best and who is a donator better to the hospital, I would think. The second story uh, just shows that Thailand talks a lot of crap. Now, Merck, the Merck drug that uh, is currently being considered for approval by the US FDA is only experimental. But yet Thailand are trying to buy it. Now, it was them who said the reason that they couldn't pre-purchase or place pre-orders for Pfizer and Moderna and all the good vaccines was because under Thai law, they're not allowed to place orders for drugs that are not approved by the Thai FDA. This is suddenly completely what they've spoken about, but yet they're doing it. So it just shows you that they could have ordered this Pfizer and Moderna. But of course, we all know they've signed a contract with Sinovac and AstraZeneca, which is why it never happened at the beginning. But it just really shows you how they think people do not remember the nonsense that they've spoken about in the past. Nevertheless, we'll jump on to our next story. And next up, sacked cop Joe Ferrari involved in seizure of 410 smuggled high-end cars. The dismissed former police superintendent in Nakhon province, police colonel Titasan Yutanapal, has been involved in the seizure of 410 luxurious cars smuggled through into Thailand from Singapore and Malaysia during his service, with 270 of them reported to have been stolen abroad, according to the Deputy National Police Chief Colonel General Suchart. Joe Ferrari and his subordinates at Nakhon Sawantmuang District Police Station are accused of torturing a drug suspect in their custody to death by covering his face with several layers of plastic bags, all are currently on remand pending the outcome of the investigation. Citing a report into Joe's involvement in the seizure of the cars and suspected money laundering, Police General Suchart said it was discovered that 101 of the smuggled cars were reported to have been stolen abroad before they were seized in Thailand, and 169 were reported stolen after their seizure, leaving 140 cars, the provenance of which is still being investigated. The Deputy Police Chief said the fact that several cars were seized before they were smuggled into Thailand was a clear indication that the seizures were illegal, adding that the several of the cars were brought into Thailand by foreigners who immediately flew back to their countries. He said he has ordered the immigration police to find out how many cars were brought into Thailand using this trick. Of the 410 cars seized by Titasan and the other officers, all but five have been auctioned off by the customs department. According to the official report, police who seize smuggled vehicles can claim a re- reward from the customs department. When the seized cars were put up for auction by the customs department, men closely linked with Joe would bid for them and then sell them on to people with a penchant for expensive cars available at below market prices. Regarding the death of the suspect, while in custody, Police General Suchart said the investigation is 90% complete and that he expects the case to be wrapped up in November for forwarding to the public prosecutor. As we see, this guy is bent as beep. And uh, yeah, another corrupt copper in Thailand who's finally being caught. And uh, really, the investigation should not be done by immigration. They should be investigated as to how all of this has been happening underneath their noses. So I think this is far-reaching throughout the entire police force. But as I say, I'll keep my eye on the story and we'll update you as we get more details. And next up, 
collection of 500 Hybat fee from foreigners starts next year. The Tourism and Sports Ministry is poised to start collecting a 500 baht tourism fee for a tourism transformation fund next year with the budget following a co-payment model. The Centre for Economic Situation Administration last week approved the creation of the fund which is expected to subsidise projects that transform the industry focusing on high value and sustainable tourism. Yudasak Subasorn, Tourism Authority of Thailand's governor, said the fee collection of 500 baht per person should start next year with the aim of collecting 5 billion within the first year assuming 10 million foreign arrivals in 2022. The National Tourism Policy Committee already gave the nod to start the fund earlier this year with a proposed fee of 300 baht per person. Mr. Yutasek said the additional 200 baht will be earmarked for projects initiated by the private sector, community enterprises or social enterprises that would like to transform their businesses to meet the fund's strategy, helping the country restructure from mass tourism to high value or a bio, circular and green economic model and environmentally concerned tourism. The project should be co-creations and the government should use the fund to support projects that can create an economic impact. The proportion of public-private financial support could be 50-50, 60-40 or 70-30, depending on how much we want to make those projects happen, he said. The fund is also meant to budget insurance and development projects for foreign visitors that require government initiatives rather than the private sector, including those needing matching grants from local administrations, Mr. Yutasek said. After the concept is approved, the Tourism and Sports Ministry and TAT are required to have discussions with related authorities about setting up the fund committee and funding mechanisms such as how to collect the fee from tourists, he said. The committee must develop a criteria to determine which projects are eligible for financial support. The additional costs won't have an impact on tourists as we want to focus on the quality market, said Mr. Yutasak. We hope this fund will support a national tourism makeover, creating more and safe clean places. He said the fund's objective is not to tackle the financial impact of the pandemic, but rather focus on long-term local economic growth. And that leads us into our next story. Operators fret over 500 baht tourist fee. Tourist operators have raised concerns about the 500 baht fee to be collected from foreign tourists next year, worried that the timeline of this policy may not be appropriate for an industry in dire need of recovery. Marisa Sukasol, president of the Thai Hotels Association, said the concept of setting up a transformation fund for the tourism industry is promising, but there are uncertainties next year that could jeopardize the tourism situation. Even though the Tourism Authority of Thailand predicted that Thailand will win back 10 million tourists in 2022, the latest forecast from the Bank of Thailand revised down the number to 6 million, mainly attributed to possible virus spread and new variants, low consumer confidence and stimulus measures that still need consistency. Fee collection will impact decision making as the additional cost is considerably high compared with the average expenditure while traveling in Thailand, such as a hotel room per night of just 1,000 baht. If the government really must move forward, it should not implement this policy in the first half of next year, said Miss Marisa. Meanwhile, the mechanism of this policy still needs an elaborate plan which can ensure that the program is really feasible for stakeholders across the board. Given that tourism operators are still struggling with a financial crisis, the co-payment for development or transformation project using this fund may prevent many of them from taking part as they don't have sufficient cash to invest. The transformation fund should be outlined based on the real situation. Operators would like to improve their service under the funding guidelines and are willing to invest, but due to severe income shortage, the government should offer a grace period for operators and let them repay when businesses get back on track, she said. In a separate development, five tourism spots in Krabi and Panya have started receiving tourists directly this month.
Well, just when you think the tat couldn't shoot themselves in the foot further, well, they did. It seems that someone has lost touch with the reality of travel during the COVID era. Yet, it's about to add another cost, and it won't go down well with both expats and leisure travellers keen to keep travel expenses down in the wake of COVID-19. Now, the expenses we talk about are the pre-flight COVID tests, the expense of insurance, and the multiple tests the government forced you to take when in Thailand to make the select few private hospitals a absolute fortune of money. Now, the issue is not the number of 500 Thai baht, because in reality, it's a small amount, unless you're a family of four, and then suddenly it starts to add up. The issue is the timing, the cash grab, the bad taste it leaves in your many people's mouth, and the fact it clearly labels expats who work, live here, who are married here, retired, as tourists rather than people contributing to the Thai economy on a daily basis. In fact, the name of the fee should be the foreigner fee. They've already said the Thais will be exempt from paying it. And then how will this fee be collected? If Thais are exempt, then it can't be built into the price of an airline ticket. That would be just too messy. Should we expect a collection bucket at the immigration desk when leaving? Then it's divvied up amongst the airport staff and what's left is sent to the committee who will in turn ensure it's well spent. Another issue I take aim with is the TAT governor's statement. The additional costs won't have an impact on tourists as we want to focus on the quality market. So they are back to the idea that somehow they're going to attract the high spenders again. Dream on governor, dream on. The problem with these guys is they think Thailand is the only destination in the world where people wish to travel and holiday too. They need to travel more because they are in for a big shock. Thailand is not the center of the tourism world. It's a nice destination but I can think of far nicer places to take a trip to. We are talking about a prolonged recovery from COVID-19 that will take us possibly to 2026 to recover lost ground and get us back to 2018 or 2019 tourist totals. And that's if even possible to get to those totals again. When that day dawns, collecting a 500 baht fee might make financial sense for the authorities. However, they should recognize that it will never make sense to tourists. They are fast becoming disillusioned with Thailand as holiday costs escalate. As we learn to live with COVID-19 in the years to come, we will also see the tourism landscape shift. Countries that are winners today could become the losers of tomorrow as competitors seize the moment to offer a better holiday deal and experience where the welcome may actually mean what it says. What do you think about all this? Now we know it's a small amount of money, but do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's a bad idea? Do you just think it's the government trying another quick cash grab? I'd love to know your opinions down below in the comment section. And next up, TAT targets Korean Indian visitors for high season. The Tourism Authority of Thailand aims to increase inbound visitors from Asian markets during the high season via travel bubble schemes with South Korea and India. Tanet Petsuan, TAT Deputy Governor of Marketing for Asia and South Pacific said most visitors in the reopening schemes came from long-haul destinations that have fewer quarantine requirements than Asian countries. TAT overseas offices in this region and the South Pacific are due to discuss the marketing strategy today to resolve this problem. Mr. Tanet said South Korea and India are two markets that could supply tourists soon, as South Korea and Thailand had dialogue on a potential travel bubble before it was disrupted by the latest wave of COVID-19 infections. India does not allow flights to Thailand as international air travel is only available for countries under bilateral air bubble agreements, such as the US, the UAE, Japan and the Maldives. 
Thailand is not on its list. He said an air bubble agreement would allow direct flights and charter flights from India to Thailand without the obstacle of transit through other countries. Japan is lifting its state of emergency this month, which will hopefully lead to eased international travel restrictions in the near future, especially for business travellers to Thailand, said Mr. Tanet. Tat has to find opportunities to attract Asian markets despite the strict travel regulations in most countries, he said. A shorter quarantine period of seven days means the virus situation in Thailand is coming under control and this should help create more demand. Regarding Chiang Mai's reopening plan for November 1, Mr. Tanet said TAT and the tourism operators are working on procedures to welcome tourists during their seven-day required stay. If tourists receive a negative test result, they can travel as part of tour packages. An RT-PCR test is mandatory for the first test, but a proposal to switch to the cheaper antigen test kit for the second test is being considered by Chiang Mai's governor. Mr. Tanet said golf tours will be a highlight for Chiang Mai, as the province has 10 standard golf courses. Golfers from South Korea have already expressed their interest in visiting the province this season. There will also be a focus on Indian weddings and tour programs tailored for female travellers, said Mr. Tanet. Chiang Mai expects to welcome around 3,000 foreign arrivals per month in November and December. So whether or not the TAT know, but from what they're talking about here, they seem to know there's loads of regulations stopping people leaving these countries and coming here, but they seem very optimistic that they're all going to suddenly be scrapped for some reason. I think this clearly shows us, by the way, that the reopening to the quarantine-free areas that they've spoken about over the last few weeks is actually nonsense. It's just going to be the same as the Phuket Sandbox. You're going to have to do seven days in Chiang Mai in a small area, and that's it, because that's exactly what they say in November will be. Now I also thought and was under the impression that they were going to have the same SOPs across the board for all areas but it seems to be a lot of messing around here yet again and this is what causes so much confusion with people. If you have a standard set of operating procedures for every destination then people can understand and make plans accordingly but if you have different plans for every area it just becomes too confusing and people just give up because they don't want to follow this. They're on a holiday, they're here to relax and this seems to be the way TAT conduct business which is just absolutely atrocious. Now, another issue there, of course, is the RT-PCR tests are saying have one on arrival and then one for your sixth day or whatever it may be, and that this is being considered by the Chiang Mai governor. Now, that makes me wonder, in Phuket, is it the Phuket governor who's demanding that they have these two RT-PCR tests on arrival? Does he have that kind of power where he could waive it and go with the rapid antigen tests? Or I wonder, is he too involved with the people making the big money from the RT-PCR tests to, you know, be able to make a proactive decision like this? We're just going to have to see. But I've been researching a story now about this RT-PCR testing in Phuket. And hopefully in the next days, I'll have some actually concrete news about where the money is going, who's involved and why they continue to push RT-PCR tests. But that will be coming in the next couple of days when I'm finished working on the story. And now for the Phuket news. Phuket reported 182 new COVID-19 infections in the past 24 hours. Three of them were from the Sandbox program. Over the past seven days, Phuket has recorded a total of 1,295 COVID cases. We had 359 international arrivals through the Sandbox scheme. One tested positive for COVID on arrival. They arrived on three flights, one Qatar Airways and two Singapore Airlines. 432 travelers tested negative for COVID during their second and third test, with one testing positive. Since the 1st of July, 41,000 535 travelers have availed of the sandbox program and in other news tourism push targets visa on arrival tourists phuket officials have announced that people wanting to enter thailand under the phuket sandbox scheme may now do so under the visa on arrival 
bar owner arrested for selling alcohol after 10pm. Phuket City Police have arrested a bar owner on the outskirts of Phuket Town for breach of the provincial order regulating the opening of places at risk of spreading COVID-19 after he was caught selling alcohol after 10pm. And finally, Phuket officials finally recognise Ireland's population in mass vaccination campaign. Phuket provincial officials have finally updated their population figure for the number of people on the island in their daily reports for the number of people in Phuket who have been fully vaccinated. The official figure now is 547,584, not the number of 467,587 which has been used by the Phuket authorities. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.